Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Asha. Morning. How are oh, you? Good. How are you? I'm, gosh, I'm I'm so many things, but... The biggest thing is that I'm good. But of course, it's 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 always more nuanced than that, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> well, I am coming in to this recording just having gone for a walk with John in cool temperatures with the foliage changing. So I thought mm. um, it was just the perfect setup for our conversation today, which was it is going to be about fall delights. Mm. <laughs> It sounds Doesn't kind of just official, right? Fall delights. It sounds like a, a new latte flavor, maybe. Yeah. No, no I, um, you know, I'm really glad you suggested this topic because it's actually sort of deceptively simple and frothy, sort of like that latte that I just mentioned. Um, the fact is, it's actually, I think, more important than that. You know, like this is more than just sort of listing off a bunch of stuff we enjoy. I feel like. This fall, it it continues to be complicated. It, it it continues to be complicated. I mean, the world continues to be complicated by COVID, but in such a different way than last fall. I feel like we're still handling our unique challenges with school, with work, with life, travel, everything. And I feel like this small exercise in identifying what's delighting us right now, it feels like taking this moment like a really important moment to pause and exhale. And I just think that that exercise is more important than we think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's funny because when I first mentioned this topic to you, I was thinking at a very granular level, like, oh, my favorite sweatpants, <laughs> whatever else. <laughs> and then when I we started making some notes and I saw your notes, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it, take the lens out a little bit, although we'll still talk about some of those little things. Mm -hmm. Um and I wanted to mention that, you know, one of the things that I often, as you know, I'm kind of in a rather overwhelmed state of being right now. And uh, it's worth mentoring, mentioning that Mercury retrograde is a thing. And I've been talking a lot of, with people about it and joking and not joking. But one of the things that I often need to do and for myself and often share about on social and talk with people about is how crucial it is to tap into these little 
small points of joy when everything feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly powerful. It really, really is. So I'm glad we'll, I'm glad we're going to dig into this a bit more. Me too. Me too. It, it sort of reminds me of the advice to when you're feeling anxious, people say, take 10 deep breaths. And you're thinking to yourself, deep breaths are not going to solve what's going on in my exactly. life. Okay. Like I get so irritated when people say that. And then I take 10 deep breaths and no, it doesn't solve anything, but I physically feel some percentage better. Yeah. And I feel like this is a similar thing where, okay, noticing the fall changing leaves. Great. Thanks, Christine and Asha. But the fact (laughs) is that like that actually is the start to something profound. And, you know, I know for me, sometimes it's very hard for me to get myself to do that. It's hard for me to put my finger on what's delighting me or what's fun for me. And having somebody say, hey, you need to do this. It actually it it nudges me in a direction that's good for me. And and that's good. I mean, that's been a sticking point for me my my whole life. I've always been sort of it's not that I'm an all work, no play person, but I tend to, you know, get pretty, you know, like thoughtful and uh, intense about things. And it's good to just step back and say, mm-hmm. hey, what's actually delighting me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like that's it's so interesting. My my birthday is coming up, actually. And mm. uh, I am I have an official self-care day scheduled for, for my agency. And so and I was thinking, I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's funny, even though I love delighting in small things, I was uh, there is a little bit of pressure to do like a big recalibrating thing or a big like self-care thing. And I think I was like, I think I just got to keep it, keep it simple and keep it small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, let's dive in. I actually, I sort of uh, alluded to this at the top of the show, but the first thing I'm going to say is that I have realized how deeply I am delighting in the change in temperature. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually not sure what the summer s- situation is on the West coast, but, um, here I was not a fan of the Boston humidity situation and real feel of like 90 to 100 degrees this summer. It was awful. I mean, it is legitimately uncomfortable and awful, especially when you have to walk a dog a lot, just terrible. Mm -hmm. So we're now back into like when John and I went for our walk this morning, it was more like 55 degrees and cool and sunny and beautiful. And I did say at the beginning that I was thought I was going to talk about sweatpants, and I will say that my packed sweatpants are getting a ton of action. I'm here for it. I'm going to link them up. Actually, they might be out of stock right now, but anyway, I'll link up the company because I love their sweatpants, and they're organic, so mm. <laughs> organic sweatpants. Okay. There you go. We start with, you know, New England fall, and we end with organic sweatpants. It's, I'm complicated. That's, hey, you know. no, that's not complicated <laughs> at all. That's quite delightful. No, it's it's um, it's <laughs> it's funny you mentioned this. So Portland, Oregon, where I am from, uh, I'm not originally from here. This is where I have been living for over 20 years. Um, we had what some of you might have read um, over the summer, something called a heat dome where Portland, Oregon, which is generally cool even through the summer, uh, was 116 degrees. Now, oh my goodness gracious. fortunately, this did not last. But it was completely unheard of. But we definitely had some pretty freaky temperatures around here. And just the other day, 
I came home from what I was doing. It was cold and rainy outside and I actually turned on the fire. So I actually had one of those (laughs) classic Portland fall, you know, damp, cold. I just love it. Super cozy times in front of my in front of my fireplace moment. So I hear you on the change of temperature and um, in a bigger sense, you know, that seasonal change is always so good. And I think, you know, not everybody feels that way because I know for some folks, I mean, obviously cooler is better than much hotter, but for some people, you know, the, the shortening days can really affect their moods and all of that. It's something to pay attention to, but I know that it's a wonderful thing to get a signal from the world that, you know, things change, things, things progress. And that's how seasonal change always feels to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of seasonal change and doing something in the fall, um, my big delight this season is that I have become a student again. (laughs) This is a really big deal. I've actually enrolled in a couple college English classes during this period, just for a quarter Uh, It's not that I have necessarily signed up for a degree or anything. I am just dabbling in some education for a time to um, refill the tank in more ways than one. Um, Great. Yeah, it is so exciting. I was a sociology major way back when, when I got my college degree back in the mid 80s and early 90s. And now I'm going back for English classes because I was almost an English major. And I'm just really seeing this period of time as a, a, I feel this deep need to listen and learn right now, both to the world, to myself, to my classmates, most of whom are a different generation than me and are having a really different experience. So this is a major delight for me. I'm not totally sure where this exercise is heading, like if it's heading to a degree or a new career or what, but I do know that being on a campus again among students and teachers just completely lights me up and I'm having a great time. I can I just started. That's fabulous. And I can totally imagine Asha's excited face <laughs> stepping <laughs> onto camera. I just I love it. It just makes me it makes me very happy. Oh and, no, I'm totally that person who like stands in line and is like, hey, how's it going to the person behind me? <laughs> like, what oh, tell gosh. me what are you studying? I, I'm I'm trying to like settle down a little bit, but uh, I am having a really good time. Be you. Don't settle down. I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, we have more to chat about. We'll continue the conversation after a quick break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you struggle with boundaries and the general complexities of peopling? Relationships are necessary to our well-being and some relationships are just well complicated. A good chunk of the work I have done in therapy centers on relationships, how to own my part of the story, how to let go of relationships that are toxic, and how to navigate challenging relationships in a way that doesn't drain me. And all of this work helps me show up better for myself and also as a partner, mom, friend, family member, and business owner. If you're thinking of starting therapy, check out BetterHelp. This online therapy platform was designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash edit. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, 
check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Okay, friends, we are back. We are talking about fall delights. I feel like the thing I'm going to start with may come as a little bit of a surprise to people because I've talked about being the reluctant sports parent before. Um, but one of my fall delights I realized is watching my kids play soccer. Both of them are uh, Laurel's. Um, she plays for the high school team and Vi is playing town soccer. And I realized, and there's some irony here because just uh, by the time this airs, just last week, after, while I was on the sidelines for Vi's game, she's in like the fifth and sixth grade division, so young. Um, I posted a sort of frustrated, just a quick story that ended up having so much response that I posted more of a full, uh, longer narrative in my feed. But I had heard parents on the opposing team or the two teams um, in the game before hers just screaming and being crazy sports parents. <laughs> I just mm. kind of posted one of these. Like, let the kids play, let the coaches cope, stop being crazy parents. Anyway, the response to this post was crazy. And um, sort of some of it was really sad, too, you know, just hearing people's experiences and leaving sports because of this crazy culture. But I will say that for both my kids, the culture on the field for them is is really pretty good and on the sidelines. And um, I realized that one of the reasons I'm delighting in watching them so much is one, I just love seeing them run around. I just love seeing them play. I don't care what the result is, but it's the one really normal thing that they do. You know, it mm. it is in fact, you know, they're, they're being safe with their protocols and stuff, but I actually talked to an MD on a Facebook live a couple of weeks ago who was like sports, like soccer where you're outside and kids are moving around and whatever it's, it is okay to do mask free. And like that actually made me feel better, but they really, everything's been fine. So they just get mm. to run around and play and it's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. really wonderful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that's working out. And um, <clears throat> listeners, you will know if you've listened to the last little bit on our podcast that I am now an empty nest parent. So my kids now live elsewhere. So I am not as involved in the sort of hyper local school situation. However, what I will say is that my I live in a neighborhood that's surrounded by the high school mm -hmm. and some two middle schools and right around the corner from an elementary school. And for me, my version of that is seeing kids walking to school and seeing kids playing sports after school just in my neighborhood, you know, seeing kids jogging down the street with their sports gear or whatever. And after a year of school closure. Um, that for me, just as a neighborhood resident has changed my feeling about, about yeah. life walking around and it has brought an energy and a joy to just walking around my neighborhood, driving my car around. And 
So it affects those of us who don't even have kids who are playing mm-hmm. sports or who don't even have kids or around at all that are doing what they're doing. And it's been really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, it, it's been a good lesson for me to just kind of like remember to appreciate these things. And, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, Laurel actually has a ton, she has a ton of games and I can't really go to the away games, but I'm committing to trying to like rework my schedule so that I can show up to even just to half of every home mm-hmm. game. Like I just want to mm-hmm. go and support her and see her play. Mm-hmm. So this is, mm-hmm. this is it, you know, senior yeah. year. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, one other thing I'll say, which is at the beginning of this, you said some people might be surprised to hear this because, you know, in the past you've just been like, Hmm, you know, crazy sports, but I think it's good to notice how certain things really can change as your kids get older. I know for me, that reminded me of how I used to feel about volunteering at school. When my kids were in elementary school, those during, during those years, the whole school volunteering thing, it just wasn't the most, I don't know, it wasn't a great activity for me for various reasons, partially because of just the activities weren't that interesting to me, but also, you know, that period of school for my kids was a little more complicated. That totally changed as my kids got older. And so it's funny, a lot of the things that we sort of say about our, you know, parenting experiences or whatever, they just change sometimes. Agreed. And and it's nice. It's really nice when, when you know, sports is sort of a, you know, pain in the side for a while. And then suddenly it's like, hey, actually, this is really delightful. It's great that there's room for that in our parenting lives. It's like you're in my mind, Asha. I actually, Christine Co. I volunteered for the fifth grade activities committee. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I set my boundaries. I said I can have a very small role in this committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is interesting how it changes mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, another thing that is delighting me right now this fall is experimenting with new home routines. As I mentioned, there are now two people living in my house instead of three people and several years ago, four people. I should say two people and a dog. So it's just my husband and me now at home. And, you know, it just didn't really occur to me. It's obvious now that I'm living it, but it didn't occur to me that obviously the cadence in our house is now different. The routines are different. My daughter used to be the one who took out the recycling bins and now she's not here to do it. <laughs> it's like one of us has to do it. And that's just one little tiny thing. The fact is that all of our home routines are changing and it's really sort of delightful to to think differently about shopping, think differently about cooking. Just all those little home sort of mundane things are getting a new look from my husband and me. And I'm finding this to be very delightful. That's cool. I was actually just thinking of you the other day wondering, I wonder if Asha's delighting in her, you know, the the different cooking routine, which we had mm. talked about on a previous episode. And it's worth noting that delicata squash is available in abundance right now. So y'all get on it. Somebody actually messaged, messaged me saying, I, I saw delicata squash at the grocery store. And I was like, I just love people. I feel so seen. Like, <laughs> just, how did, how is it that you like have so indelibly connected me with delicata squash? Did because I you were you the about- one that told me about it. And I was like, okay, I've never right. heard of this thing. And then it's I the tried best squash. it. Best and I roasted squash, it. People. Yeah. I have six of them waiting to be roasted in my fridge right now. All right, let's just close the loop on delicata squash. Here's why it's the best. First of all, they're small. Second of all, you they're delicious. They sort of taste like butternut squash without the hassle of peeling and cutting. Yes, you don't have and to peel them, everybody. Gotta you get don't on have this. to peel them. 
you literally cut them in half, scoop out the seeds, which is easy because they're small. They're like the size of a cucumber. And then you slice them up and roast them. I'm telling you, you'll never go back. I'll, I'll post a picture after I roast mine. <laughs> um, well, speaking of delicata squash, because really the place that I'm getting them, all my big abundance of them is at our, our CSA, uh, our, our uh, farm share. But the thing, another thing I have been delighting in or will continue to delight in is New Englandy things. So outside my window right now, as I look outside, the trees are starting to turn. Uh, fall foliage is a real thing out here. I'm hoping to get up to Vermont soon. Um, I've also been delighting in buying some like, you know, just little gifts that are from local New England places like these. Actually, I'm going to share by the time this episode goes live, I'm going to share another a volume two for my pandemic worthy gifts idea uh, post from last year, <laughs> because um, I'm putting this together in advance of my birthday with some ideas and I'll link up. Um, but I've been buying a lot of funny socks to gift people. And it's from an independent business in Massachusetts. And then I found the most delightful goat milk chocolate and caramel maker in Vermont. So I've been gifting that a bunch. <laughs> uh, and I am not a pumpkin spice latte person, but I do think I need to pick up some apple cider and maybe some apple cider donuts on my next uh, little mm. little grocery or farm stand run because mm. you got to have that when you live in mm. New England. So good. <sighs> okay. As somebody who was born and raised in California and lives in the Pacific Northwest. Um, You're like, what are you things? talking about with all these no, things? No, 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 not at all. That's not what I was going to. That's not where I'm going with this. Where I'm going with this is I have like fall foliage, um, not envy, but like. It satisfies something so deep and visceral, visceral in me because I didn't grow up with it. And then I moved to the Pacific Northwest. And I don't think people realize that Portland and, you know, the Pacific Northwest is also an amazing fall foliage place. OK, not Vermont. Like, I get it. It's New Englandy things. <laughs> but it's also great. But when you say what you're saying, I just am like, oh, man, like, I really want to go there and. Somehow I want to be out there in mid-October or something someday. Like yes. I want to next year. I want to see it's happening. We're manifesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That just sounds. I have lots of romantic ideas about New England in the fall that are probably based on stereotypes and stupid like movies and sitcoms and stuff. No, but, but they're right. It's so lovely here in the fall. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Note, note earlier note about change in temperature and being delightful in all the cozy layers. It's all mm -hmm. connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. And I also just want to say, I can't stand pumpkin spice lattes. Ugh. Coffee and pumpkin and spice. This is not a good combination. I'm just now, not a flavored I, coffee person. I just need it straight. I just, yeah, yeah. Well, me too. That's true. I love pumpkin bread, pumpkin, everything else. Pumpkin pie, love it all. I love pumpkin spice. Just not, it's the coffee that's the problem. So I'm just, I'm just saying that. I hear you. It's okay. Stay strong, Asha. It's good. <laughs> it, like. Am I protesting too loudly? No, Is that what's you, happening you here? Can, you can be, just be you. Just be okay. you. Okay. I, I embrace Oh, this. We might get some hate mail about it, but that's fine. I'll just forward right. it. <laughs> hate mail. I hate you for just your pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice opinion. Because I mean, some people feel really strongly about it in a positive direction, which is like, great, go for it. it just, I, I think people feel strongly about it because they just like the fact that it's fall and it's a little returning thing. And there's also a little humor associated with it. And- OK, anyway, clearly I have lots of opinions about other people's opinions about pumpkin spice lattes. All right, let's just move on, Asha. OK, 
one of the things that's really delighting me right now is that I am learning how to integrate audiobooks into my day. This is new, which is surprising considering, you know, you and I are working on an audio uh, publication right now. You'd think I would know how to actually listen to things more fluidly in my life, but it's like I have never grown out of the radio version of my life, which is I listen to the radio in the car. And I'm not in the car very often, and so I don't listen to things as often. Um, And so I recently had the experience of driving to my mom's house in California. I I drove from Portland to the Bay Area in one day, which is a very long drive. And so I listened to audiobooks the whole way. And it was super delightful. And now I've realized that you can listen to an audiobook for 10 minutes, and that's also delightful. So I um I'm just having the greatest time listening to audiobooks. It's like a whole new art form. And it's not just like I want to read that book, here's the audio version. The fact is that an audiobook reader is also they adds, I mean if it's a good reader, good narrator I guess is the t- the term. They really add something to the story and right now I'm listening to Andy Weir's Project Hail Mary, which is just delightful. It's a delightful story and the reader is delightful. So, anyway, this is something that I am thoroughly enjoying and it's great. That's fun. That's fun. Didn't didn't you listen to the audiobook version of Barack Obama's latest book? And was it him narrating or no, am I, I making have, that up? Okay. You're making that up, but I have heard others. I mean, I think he won like a some award for it. Like I have not yet listened to that. The idea of actually listening to Barack Obama's voice for uh, however many hours, that is a very I think very, it would be a lot of hours. Very I think it was thing. a very big book, but <laughs> That a lot of hours, but I could listen to him for many hours. So that would be good. But I've been I have not yet listened to that mm. book. But uh, no, I listened to Little Fires Everywhere, which was also a wonderful audiobook. Mm. Yeah, that's a great book, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, OK, well, we have more to discuss. We will be back after a quick break. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted And after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, friends. We're back and we're talking about what's delighting us this fall. And I'm going to close on something pretty like general, but it is delighting me so much. I feel the need to discuss it with you. And that is I am delighting in spending time with my dog. (laughs) I just need to tell you about my dog. You have the very best dog. He's such a great dog. He's now 15 years old. My dog is Teddy. And the fact is that, you know, it's not just that I love my dog and, and I'm spending more time with him. Um, you know, there are obviously lots of changes in our home cadence, including the fact that my daughter has gone off to college. Um, and when my son left for college, it was a transition for him. And now that my daughter's left, it's a transition for him. And I am spending some time in classes. So he's spending a little more time alone. I think the fact is that that this is hard for him. and. Um, so I find myself really focusing on the time that I'm spending with him, which is a lot. Um, and I'm just treasuring it. You know, the fact is he has been my walking partner for 14 years and walking is pretty much one of my top things that I love to do. Um, he has seen us through the majority of our family life. And I think given that my mind is thinking a lot about arcs right now, you know, like the arc of time, sort of the arc of our family journey, all those things. You know, I'm just thinking about how my sweet dog fits into that. And when you have an old dog, you realize that, you know, dogs don't live forever. And I'm just really um, I'm just really thinking about that in a but in a loving way. I'm feeling super grateful for him and um, just that unconditional love and delight that he brings to our to our days. Teddy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love Teddy so much. Um, yeah, he, he's good. Teddy. He's good. Teddy was the I think we've said this on the show before, but for listeners who don't know, when I visited Asha in Portland a, a few years back, um, that's when I met Teddy and Teddy was unbeknownst to all of us, the first little cracking open of the ice, the uh, stone cold heart that was Christine Coe's heart (laughs) that now led her to become a crazy dog person. And you all should also know that recently, I don't know what's up with me, Asha, but I've been plying Asha for Asha with text photos of my dog, James. (laughs) There have been a lot of photos this week. Like this is a problem. I I love dog photos. And he's so handsome. And I'm actually planning. I'm thinking about splurging on a birthday present for myself, which is a ridiculously expensive custom embroidered dog Dog sweatshirt. No, for myself, a sweatshirt with his embroidered portrait on it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Christine, you might be going over the line. I know. I think I'm losing my mind. 
No comment. You need to send me a picture of the sweatshirt and I will let you know if that's acceptable. I'll text it to you after we record. Um, but I think you'll find it worthy <laughs> and aligned with my style as well. So it's not like no. just a ridiculous purchase. Um, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, who are we kidding? You are the, the 10,000 times more stylish of the two of us. So <laughs> I really shouldn't be. I shouldn't be even suggesting that it's anything but wonderful. Yeah. But but more seriously, Asha, I, I love that you bring this up. I. I really thinking about Teddy as a 15 year old dog, as somebody with a dog who's about 18 months old, like Mm -hmm. um, just thinking about the we're kind of at the beginning of that runway and just I don't know, it's very moving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said a number of times, John, I can't believe how much I love this dog. And it really is incredible how these sweet animals change people. It's Mm. it's really quite moving. Well, there there's this. You know how I was saying earlier that, you know, about the school volunteering, that maybe it wasn't fun in first grade, but it's really fun in high school or something. You know, as a parent, it, that that certain things change. It's I have found a similar thing with my relationship with my dog. I mean, the fact is that when when you know uh, when you know and care for a being over its whole lifetime, <clears throat> you know, the roles it plays in your life can change. They change and grow. You get to know them better. I mean, it's um, I mean, anybody who's listening who has a pet, not just a dog, but who has a pet, you know, will understand this. And and for those folks who aren't pet people or aren't animal people, you know, that's cool, too. Like, it's not for everyone. It really isn't. And um, but I don't know. I think it is. It's it's a very special relationship that is worth thinking about and talking about. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I'm going to my I'm going to close the episode with uh, something that is like a good follow up, actually, to thinking about Teddy and James. Oh, my gosh. We should start a company called Teddy and James. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> get a hold of yourself, Christine. Um, my counterpoint is reconnecting with humans. And this feels seasonal to me because it just kind of has been. Um, I will admit that I have been thinking a little bit like, Oh, okay, fall. Like this this is I better get in seeing some people I haven't seen before winter and when it make it's harder to get together with people outside. Um so and also it's significant because this fall I've had several first time seeing somebody since the pandemic started meetups, which has been really mm. crazy. Um mm. and yeah, and also I guess I'll add that I'm also feeling very tuned to human experience. As you know, Asha, I haven't really talked about it too much elsewhere, but I'm processing a lot of feelings around a couple of recent deaths in my family and uh, extended family. So yeah, I just, I've been thinking about that a lot. And um, even though it's kind of funny, I was just, I had a friend who texted about um, a potential very small get together inside and how we felt about it. And I said, listen, I'm your hermit litmus test <laughs> and I think this would be okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um yeah, so I've just thinking about people a lot and there's just uh been a lot of intentional slowing and reconnecting at all levels, not just with um people and friends outside, but I would say even at home with John and my mm-hmm. kids. We've been changing how we do things um based on some stuff that's going around and I feel like it is connecting us even closer, which probably sounds like a nightmare to some people because we've been living in this pandemic where things have been so home-based, but 
there's been some really important shifting happening happening around here, and I'm really happy about it. Mm, that's wonderful. Sorry, that's I feel really like that's wonderful. so vague, but I'm just trying to convey no. in general terms without disclosing too much. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's really great, and I think that um, you know, I, I I I appreciate what you're saying because I think there is this let's get back to our lives energy that's out there, um, which is in some ways clashing with there's a resurgence of the pandemic. And I think that all of us have had to navigate that in our own way. We have talked about this before, the strange, no, the strange sort of um, energy around, you know, kids going back to school, but it's not a regular back to school things, you know, soccer's happening, but it's different, but it's also good and also scary. And I think the reconnecting with humans, there's a, there's a piece of that that's, um, that's relevant, which is that, um, you know, we have to sort of reactivate our conversation skills and our ability to talk to each other. But at the same time, it's so deeply satisfying to reconnect with the people we love. Mm-hmm. And that um, that takes place inside the home and outside. I just I'm really glad you talked about this because I I have felt something similar. Um, I, I haven't actually been able to put my finger on it very much, but I think it's just just recognizing that reconnection is a moving target still. And and that's OK. And that we can go at whatever pace we need to go to, you know, to move forward, even if that feels like a slow, um, very gradual pace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, OK, well, Asha, we need to close this episode out and I would love to hear what your next edit is today. All right. Well, mine, my next edit is a very simple one. Um, and it's encouragement to you listeners to really get clear on what your fall delights are. So I would say specifically, if you're like me and you have a hard time coming up with that list, set a timer for 15 minutes and write them down, just like completely off the top of your head, no matter how sort of small or big it is, write down as many fall delights as you can. And when the timer goes off, even five minutes, you don't, it doesn't have to be 15 minutes, look at your list and 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 see what's there. And then just Really just try to pause for a moment, take that in and, uh, you know, maybe post that list on your fridge or stick it somewhere where you personally will see it um, to remind yourself to integrate those things in your life. Maybe one at least this Mm -hmm. next week. You know me. I love a list. I love a list. (laughs) Well, my your next edit is a good counterpoint to yours, actually, and it is to share a delight with somebody. And I'm thinking this is top of mind because earlier this week actually the first day of Mercury retrograde, I was a disaster. I was horrible. I, (laughs) I was really a wreck. And, uh, that was even before I knew about the Mercury planetary situation. But anyway, um, that day it turned out that one of my friends who, uh, she texted and said, Hey, are you going to be around? Um, can I just drop something off? And if you're not there, that's fine. I can drop it off at your doorstep. And I, I basically said to her, I've been a terrible human being. I'm here. I've been a terrible human being. So it's up to you whether you want me to come to the door, but I am here. <laughs> um, but anyway, she dropped off. She has been delighting in growing dahlias in her garden. Mm. And she came with a bundle of them from her garden for me. And it was just the most delightful thing. And like mm. just this little loving gesture. And it was so wonderful. I think I'm sure for her and also for me. So. I don't know. Mm. Share something. It it doesn't have to cost anything and it can just be lovely. Mm. Dahlias are the best. 
They really yeah, they're are. pretty high maintenance, but yeah. So I appreciate anybody who grows them and then unroots the bulbs and replants them and all that stuff. I'm not unrooting any bulbs. No way, man. I'm going to plant right. dahlias. I'm not unrooting anything. But yeah. then again, I'm here. You're there. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, that's really wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. I love to think about a big, colorful bouquet showing up at your door on a day when you just were feeling like, uh, so that's good. Yeah. Ah, well, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. We'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about us. Thanks for listening. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.